It's the next level. What's your first memory? Here's mine. Ready? All my life, I knew I was destined for one thing. To be a great artist. From the very beginning, I knew exactly what my medium would be. And I knew, with every fiber of my being, that, that my creations were going to be tremendous works of art. They'd touch people in the deepest of ways. Make them see things differently. See themselves differently. Make them say to each other, this here, this is truly great. But somehow, something, somewhere along the way went, I don't know, wrong. Material that may not be suitable for all viewers. Your discretion is advised. You know what one of the greatest pastimes is? Thrift store shopping. It definitely lives up to the whole one man's trash is another man's treasure. Because seriously, like, my movie collection, my book collection, has grown exponentially because of thrift stores. Especially like here in Windsor, we have one called Value Village. And at least twice a month, I always go. Today alone, I went and uh, picked up two more Stephen King hardcover books. Uh, Nightmares and Dreamscapes and The Girl Who Loved Tom Gordon. Both of them for two bucks. Two bucks for hardcover books. Not bad. Not bad at all. And I mean, like, my movies, like, that's the thing. Like, don't get me wrong. I know, yes, there's a lot of cool special editions out there and whatnot. Arrow Video, Scream Factory, they do all their really cool, like, DVD and Blu-ray releases and whatnot. And that's cool. It's all great and stuff. But the thing I love about thrift stores is that they have the out-of-print DVDs and the out-of-print VHS tapes and... Well, the odd time Blu-rays. Not very often, though. I find the Blu-rays are a little bit harder to find in thrift stores. Not that I really care, because usually when I'm going into a thrift store, I'm looking for something that's old or vintage or, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. What was it? Uh, I want to say the week of March 13th. Whatever. I think it was like a Wednesday or something like that. It was one of Wally's last uh, vet appointments. That's why I remember the date. But anyways, that week, I remember I went to Value Village and I picked up on VHS the 1989 Tim Burton Batman movie, which is a classic. I've always personally, uh, and I know I get shot for saying this a lot, but I personally like Batman Returns better than the original Batman, like from 1989, uh, because I wouldn't say it's the original Batman because the original Batman was... Uh, 1941, I think. Is it 41 or 39? No, 1941. Or is it 43? Ah, fuck. I, I'm wasting time here. But, <laughs> um, yeah, like, it, I always find that, like, with thrift stores, like, you can always find some nice hidden gems because, it, and it puzzles me sometimes, too. Like, people will, like, give away shit, and it's like... I don't know. It's like it's like I said at the beginning of this, you know, one man's trash is another man's treasure, you know? Like, there's certain things that I find there that 
I'm like, I can't believe someone actually got rid of this. Like, like my Stephen King books, for example, the hardcovers that I've gotten over the past year that for me are like, I mean, these are like trophies, you know, it's like, holy shit. Like I have like, um, what was the one? Well, I got Dolores, is it Dolores Claiborne? I got a few weeks ago. I know I got Rose Matter and Gerald's game and I'm on the hunt for a dead zone like uh, like an original pressing if I can find it because I used to have it and I lent it out and never got it back and yeah uh, I've become a very stingy person when it comes to lending things out because of all the things that I've lost from lending out to people um I'm not going to go on another rant about how the human race sucks because (laughs) I seem like I do that every week but um Yes, you know, like thrift store shopping, um, it should be like a national pastime for everybody. I mean, yeah, some people like buying brand new. Eh, okay, whatever. But, and I mean, don't get me wrong. I understand that like a lot of people like going thrift store shopping for clothing and whatnot. Um, I personally, I'm more like going in for, you know, old VHS tapes or movies or, or records, um, I got a while back. Oh, I want to say good at least six months ago. I got Motley Crue's uh, "Shout at the Devil" on vinyl at a Goodwill of all places. And the ironic thing was, or not ironic, but like the amazing thing, I should say, uh, no scratches. Like it's in like perfect condition and the cover is in mint with like a little bit of scuffing on on the spine and i was like oh my god like this is amazing and again got it for two dollars so how can you go wrong with that right but anyways you didn't tune in to hear me talk about thrift store shopping you tuned in to hear me talk about a what the fuck kind of movie are we talking about this week because yes welcome back to the next level production of What Lurks Behind Podcast Zero. And this week's episode is another listener request um, from a listener who has requested episodes in the past. Uh, I'm trying to think. Black Mountainside was one of them. Um, For those of you who have been listening from the beginning, yes, uh, this is another listener request from a good buddy of mine, Jacob Allen. And I seriously think he was trying to fuck with me this week. <laughs> well, okay, not this week. He requested this a while back. But, um, yeah, so episode 42 is a movie that is not very well known. Uh, it was a um, film festival kind of movie. Didn't have an actual, like, major theater, you know, release date or anything like that. But... This movie is all sorts of what the fuck. Um, So this week's episode will feature a review on a movie from 2015 called Deep Dark. And yeah, more on that in a bit. uh, Because I have two things I want to quickly talk about before we get into the movie. Not to mention uh, probably... Well, let let me put to you this way. These two things I want to talk about are very happy moments for me. Um, (laughs) The first one, um, so April 27th was the date. I went to London, Ontario for their annual Shockstock Horror Convention. And it was a big day for me. I uh, got to meet uh, some really cool celebrities. Uh, which included meeting David Howard Thornton, who is Art the Clown from the film Terrifier. You might remember back episode 9, I did my review on Terrifier, and I got to meet David, an awesome dude. And for 39 years old, that dude looks fucking great. Like, he's... He... <laughs> I never realized it. Like when you when you see people in person, it's like a totally different experience. And meeting him in person, like he looks so young, and I was like, holy shit! And he's only what four years younger than me. I was like, holy fuck! Um, super awesome dude, very down to earth. 
he was doing photo ops dressed as Art the Clown. Um, myself, personally, there was a lot of things I wanted to pick up and buy and stuff like that. There was movies and like different shit and whatnot. And I knew I wanted to get like autographs from different people and stuff like that. So I passed on the photo op, which eh, I'm sure years down the road I'll kick myself for, but... It is what it is. I did get a picture with him, though. Like, we got, like, one of the, like, the selfie things. I really like that celebrities are cool about doing that, especially at these smaller cons. Like, it's just so different to, like, you know, like, when we were at Shockstock and, like, Felissa Rose is just walking around and talking with people. And, you know, like, David, like, you know, it, when, when he was done doing his photo ops and he went in to, you know, do the autographs, like, he just walks in the room and everyone's like, hey, how's it going? It's, I love those intimate settings, you know, and Shockstock is great for that. And it was really cool. Uh, unfortunately, David had, like, quite the lineup, so couldn't talk to him that long, but it was kind of cool. He was kind of impressed that I knew of his Joker uh, from the YouTube web series Nightwing Escalation. So we were talking about that for a couple minutes and whatnot, and I told him, I'm like, dude, like, seriously, someone needs to cast you as a Joker, like, yesterday. And <laughs> he was he was kind of geeked about the fact that, like, you know, I knew that and everything. He's like, man, that's fucking awesome. And he was really cool. David, um, David, Damien Leone was sitting next to him. Damien Leone is the creator of Terrifier, uh, or Art the Clown, um, I didn't talk to him too much. I got to briefly like kind of shake his hand, say hi and whatnot. But, uh, you know, David was kind of like the main feature and Damien was cool. He just sort of, you know, sat back and let David take the show and whatnot. Um, but prior to that, uh, probably the best moment of Shockstock for me happened when I got to meet one of my idols. Um, I believe I've mentioned it on the podcast before. Uh, the one and only Joe Bob Briggs was at Shockstock and talk about a super chill fucking awesome dude it was it was a moment it, it was fucking great I talked to him for about like a good like 15 minutes which again this is why I like the smaller cons because there's not this overload of people there and whatnot, and I was able to talk to him. I got an autograph, got my picture taken with him. Um, really awesome guy. And like the night before we went to Shockstock, um, it was la- la- the last drive-in was on Shutter. Um, however, the second film, like he does two every week, the second film was blocked in Canada unless you know ways around that so of course (laughs) we're talking and I told him you know I'm like oh man I was just watching you last night on last drive-in he's like oh thanks for watching and he's like yeah you guys in Canada don't didn't get the second film though and I said well we have our ways and this big huge smile on his face he's like he's like well I'm glad you enjoyed it and he was telling me like you know about like how you the UK is their real big problem right now. Like it just seems like every movie that he has that like every movie that he features on The Last Drive in in the UK they can't see it because of, you know, licensing and rules and regulations and shit like that. Because yes, let's make it difficult to enjoy shit. Um so we were talking about that for a bit and he was you know, he was telling me like in Australia apparently he has a huge following and he's always getting letters from Australia and he's like, I don't even know how these people are seeing it and but like it was really cool like just talking to him and like I said, like so laid back, very easy to talk to. Like I mean, I was like kind of starstruck. I walk up to him and I'm like, Hi <laughs> and he's like, And your name is? I'm like, Oh yeah, shit. I guess I should tell you that, eh? Um but, like, once you start talking to him, like, if, if you're like me and you're, like, starstruck or you're, you know, kind of shy and whatnot, he makes it very easy to talk to him. And, like I said, super awesome dude. Super tall. <laughs> he was sitting when I first walked up to him. So I'm like, oh, okay. It's just awesome. And then he stood up and I'm like, hi up there. <laughs> it's like, oh, shit. Um, and I'm 5'10". So he's easily, like, six and a half feet at least. Um but I, again, it, it was it was amazing. I, I even picked up his book, uh, Cosmic Wisdom, from Joe Bob Briggs, and he signed my book for me and whatnot. Like, super, super awesome dude. 
uh, selfies he doesn't charge, and I love that. Like again, like so down to earth, so chill and whatnot. Like he, if you're like, can I get a picture with you? He's like, yeah, sure. You know, that's the end of it. Like it, I mean, he does the photo op thing too, but you know, if you just want a quick like selfie with him, hey, he's he's awesome about it. Um, I also had a chance, and this was completely unplanned. It just sort of happened. Um, I, it, in my younger days, I mean, and well, even to this day, I still listen to the band Kitty. Well, uh, the lead member of Kitty, Morgan Lander, also has a podcast called The Witch Finger Podcast, and they were at Shockstock. And so, anyways, here I am, I'm checking out VHS tapes, and I found a very decent copy of uh, the original Pet Cemetery from 1989. So I'm like, oh, fucking sweet, and picked it up, got it for like eight bucks, so, was, you know, not bad, whatever, and I mean, like, it's in perfect condition. At the exact same time, Morgan Lander is on the other side of the table also buying a Pet Cemetery VHS tape. So it was, like, fucking weird, and I'm just standing there, and I was like, hey, you know what? Use this as your way to talk to her. So I was like, oh, you bought Pet Cemetery, so did I, and ended up talking to her for like, you know, three minutes or four minutes, whatever it was, and it was like kind of cool, and we were talking about the remake, and then I was like, oh, well, I haven't seen it yet, you know, unfortunately, my my dog passed away right before the movie was released. She goes, yeah, I get that, you know, and it, it was fucking cool. Like, here I am having this conversation with Morgan Lander, you know, lead singer of fucking Kitty. And it was just awesome. Uh, speaking of music as well, <laughs> trying to get all this in. There was, a lot happened. It was really cool. Um, Tim Capello, uh, who is the sax player, you know, it, it, I still believe that guy from the Lost Boys. He was there, and I didn't get to talk to him too much, which was kind of a bummer. But um, he was like, again, like I said, like I love the intimate settings of these smaller cons. He's just walking around taking pictures with people with his saxophone. And, you know, he had like the full like getup that he was wearing in the movie. He's wearing that. And apparently he has a new, uh, new album coming out or a new song coming out or something like that. So he was talking about that. And I mean, really cool dude. Um, and keeping within music, uh, Sleazy P. Martini who is the quote-unquote manager of the band Guar, he was there, and he moderated the panel for Felissa Rose and Kelly Maroney. Felissa Rose from Sleepaway Camp and Kelly Maroney from Chopping Mall. And Sleazy P. Martini was the moderator for their panel, which I sat in on. It was really cool. Um, oh, man, I, I, I can't say enough good things about it. Um, you know, the, it, it was hosted at the Ramada Inn. Uh, they did a great job with it. Um, I have a feeling that this con is eventually going to get a bit bigger, so they may have to, you know, look at another venue uh, eventually or more rooms. But that said, it very, very well handled, um, a very chill atmosphere and whatnot. I mean, you've got people of all types and all sizes and all colors and creeds and everything like that, all getting together for their love of horror films. And it's just, it's, it's fucking amazing. It is so much fun. Um, one of the cool things I I got to see the props. I didn't see the actual short film, but I am going to be looking for it. Uh, there's a short film called quiet room bears and, um, these bears are fucking creepy looking. They're amazing. I got like one quick picture of like some of the props they use for the the short film. Apparently the short film was aired like at Shockstock, but I kind of missed out on that. So uh, it's something that I will be keeping my eyes open for. So all in all, Shockstock uh, 2019 w- was great. It was a lot of fun. Um, I, again, I will definitely be going again next year. I look forward to seeing which, um, you know, which guests they're going to get and whatnot. Uh, but it, they have it laid out so nicely and whatnot. And again, very chilled and, and everyone there is just like friendly. Nobody's pushy. Nobody's shovey. You know, the celebrities aren't pricks or anything like that. Like everybody is just really down to earth and awesome. And it was a lot of fun. So I definitely wanted to quickly talk about that. And now for the other thing, which... I won't spoil anything because I understand that not everyone has seen it yet. 
And I know this is a horror podcast, and you're like, here we go again. He's going back to fucking comic books. Well, comic books, whatever. It this I consider this quote unquote sci-fi. So it fits. Avengers Endgame. Okay, so I'm not gonna pound on this one long because I really can't say a whole lot without spoiling shit. But I'm a DC kid. I grew up, I, I, I loved my DC comics. Everyone knows I am a huge Batman fan. As a matter of fact, when I met Joe Bob Briggs, I was wearing my Batman hoodie. Like, I mean, I, I'm, I'm a DC kid. But these fucking Marvel movies, I, I am beside myself. Avengers Endgame, and yes, there are bloopers, and there's a few moments. But that said, this is an amazing film. This is, this made it all come full circle. Um, I have never, I can honestly say I've never been in a theater and had this happen before. This was a first time for me to be in a theater where, and when I went and saw it, only half the theater was full. We went to a 1030 in the morning showing on a Sunday afternoon. So, you know, a lot of people were either at church or asleep. Um, and me, I'm watching, you know, the Avengers kick Thanos's ass. Um, anyways, I have never seen this before. Um, people cheered, like literally got out of their seats and applauded and were into this film. Like so much you smiled, you laughed, you cheered, you cried. Um, and it was like. Not just, like, like it wasn't just me being, you know, the over big nerd or anything. It was the whole theater. The whole theater was doing this. Like, everybody, there's one scene in particular, again, no spoilers. But all of us literally jumped out of our seats and were, like, clapping and cheering. And it, apparently, our theater wasn't the only one to do this. Apparently, this was happening, like, all over, like, North America. And... It, you know, it. I'm watching this movie, and again, no spoilers, but there's a lot of callbacks to the previous 21 films that came before this. Going back as far to the first, uh, to the very first Iron Man, and you know, it, it almost makes you wonder when they did Iron Man back in what, 2008, I believe it was, was the first Iron Man film. Did they plan? this like was this the full plan because i've always heard that like there was like phase one phase two phase three and stuff like that but it honestly made me wonder like did they have endgame in their minds when they started doing iron man in 2008 because again everything comes full circle it 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 was i've always been for myself personally i've always felt the dark knight was Probably the most complete comic book film. And yes, I understand not all of it followed canon and whatnot. But I've always felt that The Dark Knight was pretty much the perfect, complete comic book movie. And my favorite Marvel movie has always been Captain America, The Winter Soldier. I mean, that one is just unrivaled. But Avengers Endgame, I think... Again, I've got to see it a few more times, but I think it actually is strong enough to rival those two like it's it's definitely in the top three of all time um there i i mean without spoiling anything it's it's the movie that i say is not perfect but it's perfect um because there are a few edits that you kind of notice and i mean like keep in mind when this movie was originally filmed it was four hours long they toned it down to three hours. So, I mean, it, obviously when I'm watching it, I'm like, ah, there was something edited there. Um, and there is one blooper. I won't spoil it. All I will say is that pay attention to dialogue because someone fucked up one of their lines. And apparently it got past, you know, post-editing because nobody caught it. But, um, and I made sure, like, I, w- I went on the internet when I got home. I'm like, okay, did I just dream that or did it actually happen? And it is listed in the trivia, like, for goof-ups. And I was like, okay, so I did notice it. Um, but uh, it, Avengers Endgame, uh, I'm going to say right now, is also my Lurker's recommendation. If you haven't seen it yet, if you have seen it, um, 
you know you know why I, I'm hyping it. it. It was very well done. The, yes, you're going to have people that will complain about certain aspects of the film, whatever. Um, I, I, I didn't go into this movie wanting to hate it. So I just went in and thought, whatever this movie gives me, let's see where I go with it. And like I said, like even though there's a few moments where I'm kind of like, eh, all right, whatever. Um, there's too much of the holy shit. I can't believe I just saw that. Um, there's too many good moments to let a few kind of moments ruin the film for me. So, uh, I'm not going to rate it. I'll let, I, I, I'm just going to say it's in the top three of my favorite, like comic book based sci-fi movies, whatever. And that's pretty much where I'm going to stop right there with that because um, this is, it's funny, I I wanted to talk about this, but not being able to spoil anything yet. um, I mean, yes, I've seen on the internet where people are like, okay, the spoiler ban is lifted, let's talk now. And yeah, it is what it is, but I want to just stay away from spoilers just a bit longer. Um, Eventually... I'll probably talk a little bit more in detail about this, but it's time to move on to the what the fuck review of the week because seriously, Jacob, I sometimes I think you like to fuck with me. I'm not going to lie. <sighs> so <laughs> it's trailer time and you won't get much from the trailer, but once I start talking about this movie, you're going to be like, yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> Deep dark. Um, yeah, well, I'll drop the trailer and then uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk. Uh, back in a moment. All my life, I knew I was destined to be a great artist. But somehow, something, somewhere along the way, went wrong. I think you spent too much time down there. If I had a job, then when would I have time for my art, Mom? Besides, making mobiles is the only thing that I'm good at. Maybe it's time you found something else. Your art is terrible. Please don't buzz me again. I owe you an apology. It'd be a shame if the art world lost a voice like yours. Well, how did it go? I still can't believe it. I have more, you know? You do? Think of all the incredible art we could make. Why don't we seal it with a kiss? Who are you? I'm the source of Herman's inspiration. (sighs) What about us? But when you want something so bad your whole life and then, and then suddenly it just gets handed to you, you don't ask questions. Stop it! You just take it. You and I, we could have a really great future together. By the way, kids, just a quick note. Uh, announced this morning, just thought I'd put it out there. So the movie It, part two, chapter two, whatever they're calling it, uh, we get the trailer this Thursday. So I don't know. It should be. Uh, I I personally didn't mind the, the the first part that they did there. I mean, it was different than the miniseries that I grew up with. But I mean, it wasn't horrible. It was it was it was decent. So I am kind of looking forward to this. And I don't know. This, my whole thing is is this. And I know now Salem's Lot is being remade. Can I ask a question? I know none of you can answer me, but I'm going to ask it anyways. Maybe one of my other personalities will have something to say about it. (laughs) No, but seriously, what's with remaking all the Stephen King movies that people like? You know, like Dead Zone was remade into a TV series. Pet Cemetery was remade. It's being remade. Like, the first part was already done. Second part's coming. Now we're doing Salem's Lot. 
why not do Sleepwalkers? Or, like, do a movie that hasn't been done yet, you know? And I, I throw Sleepwalkers out there. I'm not going to lie. It's a guilty pleasure. I fucking love the damn movie. But it's a bad movie. I mean, I'm not, I'm not an idiot. I mean, the acting's horrible in it, but it is what it is. I still like the damn movie. But even at that, like, all, of all the books that I've bought of Stephen King, there are so many stories and so many movies or, um, like, full novels or short stories, I should say, sorry, that could be made into movies. Um, why do we keep all... I get it. I know Hollywood has to make sure they have a sure hit on their fucking hands, but come on. Like, and then, you know, I'm going to quickly say this, and then I'm going to jump into my what-the-fuck movie of the week. Um... <laughs> So, Child's Play. I'm not going to knock this damn thing yet until I see it. The problem that I have is everyone keeps complaining about the way the doll looks. Okay, first off, I'm also going to throw this out there. Sonic the Hedgehog? Seriously? Who the fuck cares? But anyways, okay, getting back to Chucky. If the creators of this new film had made Chucky look more like the old Chucky, they would have been accused of being unoriginal and uninspired and you're just trying to cash in on something that has already been out. They change the look of the doll, they give it a new name instead of it being a good guy doll, it's a, a buddy doll, and they try to change things up, they're getting slaughtered. Um, you're, you can't win. Um, I mean, obviously, don't remake a fucking movie, <laughs> that might help, but in horror, it, it, the horror genre has been known for remakes and a lot of people don't like admitting that fact, but I mean, like, two of the biggest films of the 80s, The Fly and The Thing, were both remakes. They were both different, quote-unquote, adaptations of previous properties. So, it's not like the horror genre is, you know, like, that this has never happened before. It just, I think the thing is, is that we have so many remakes coming out right now, and it's like, alright, enough, um... Does anyone have an original idea left? Uh, and I say that because this movie? Okay, it's fucking original. Uh, it, sorta. But, oh man. Uh, <laughs> deep Dark. Okay, so. Because I realize I gotta stop bitching about Chucky and Stephen King movies and whatnot. It's just, fuck, there's a lot. Like, ugh. Moving on. Deep Dark. So, release dates? Uh, How I did this because there was no... um, There was no major theatrical release. It was a film festival movie that was aired at... I think, I want to say it was like eight or nine film festivals. uh, Between the dates of May 23rd and uh, October 28th of 2015 and if you want to watch this because after I talk about it some of you are going to be like I have to see this Uh, (laughs) you can watch it through Amazon Prime in the States uh, Tubi TV in Canada Uh, it is free on Tubi TV or a low quality version and when I say low quality it's like 480p uh, on YouTube um and there's two or three copies of it on YouTube. Plus, you can pay for it if you want it in 1080 or whatever. But um, it's it's not a hard movie to find online. Um, I, I watched it through Tubi TV myself um, because I knew it was there. Uh, <laughs> I, this is not one... Uh, I, I honestly can say I probably wouldn't add this one to my collection. Uh, more on that in a bit. Let's give you the shit you need to know. Um, <laughs> I really do need to name this segment that. The shit you need to know. Uh, well, it depends if you really need to know or not. Uh, so, the movie, uh, written and directed by Michael Medaglia. Uh, and I looked him up. He hasn't done a whole lot. You can tell he's an up-and-coming uh, director. I think he's got like four movies to his uh, credit and... I didn't know any of them except this one. And even that, prior to Jacob requesting this uh, as the listener request film of the week, I'd never heard of this movie. Um, 
it's like I said, like it didn't have any major release or anything like that. So I just happened to be like fucking around one day on Tubi TV and was like, oh, hey, he ate, that's the movie he requested. So I watched it that way. Um, but yeah, as for Michael Medaglia, he, uh, he he's an up and comer. Uh, he hasn't done a whole lot yet. Um, produced by, uh, <laughs> there was a lot of producers. I, I mainly went with the main producers for this. Uh, produced by David Woods, uh, Lara Cuddy. Uh, Thomas, Ethan Harris, Jason Freeman, and Todd Freeman. Uh, but there was, I'd say there was at least a good like nine or ten producers for this movie. Um, casting by Lori Lewis. Uh, film editing by Josh Beale. Uh, the music. So the music was done by Keith Schreiner, who is also known as Auditory Sculpture. Auditory Sculpture actually have music on Bandcamp and Spotify. Um, very ambient kind of music uh very chill i wouldn't go as far as to say it's like chill wave but it's very mellow um somewhat haunting it's it's pretty cool uh the movie itself was filmed in portland oregon and santa barbara california and it was released by uncorked entertainment which if you look up the kind of movies that uncorked releases a lot of um under-the-radar films, I guess you would say. A lot of um, not-so-good movies. <laughs> I think the highest movie I saw, like the highest-rated movie I saw in there, had like a rating of 5 out of 10. Um, they're, they're not, they're not high-quality films. It's low-budget, but you know what? Someone's got to release them, right? And uh, I don't know, man. I, I enjoy low-budget trash, so... <laughs> This movie, I don't know if I call it low-budget trash, but it's low-budget what the fuck. Because seriously, that was my reaction throughout this movie. Um, starring cast, there's about six that are very prominent. Uh, seven, if I include the writer-director. Uh, Michael Medaglia actually has a small role in the film. He plays Herman's father, like a, a younger version of Herman's father. So... Um, but our main character, our hero of the film, Sean McGrath as Herman Haig. Uh, Sean McGrath has done other stuff like voice acting for Grand Theft Auto V. Uh, he was in two of the Twilight films as a frat boy. That's his credit. He was a frat boy. I was like, all right. And he did one episode of the TV series Grimm. Uh, Anne Source as Devorah Klein, and she is mainly a theater actress. Um, she doesn't. She's only done three films: uh, The Kid, Wild Nurse, and this one, Deep Dark. Uh, but she's a theater actress, so um, she didn't. There wasn't a whole lot on her. As a matter of fact, even if you look her up on IMDb, she doesn't even have like a photo. Like she's uh, again a theater actress, so I mean she doesn't have much film to her credit. Uh, Denise Poirier, uh, Poirier, uh, you know what's the sad thing, is I'm half French and I can't even fucking speak the damn language, uh, Denise Poirier as the whole, <laughs> yes, that's her credit, she is the whole, and I'm not talking about asshole either, um, she is the whole, she is most famously known for the Ion Flux TV series. Uh, she was the voice of Ion Flux. Uh, she also had a few small parts in the Spawn TV series from HBO. Uh, she was part of the Vampire Hunter D video game and part of Pet Shop of Horrors, which was, it, she, there wasn't a whole lot to that, but I just like the fact that there's a show called Pet Shop of Horrors. I was like, well, I'm adding that. Okay, so here's another name I get to fuck up. Uh, it's Tabor Helton or Tabor Helton. Um, now the Helton part's easy to pronounce. It's the first name. Anyways, he plays Joel, um, and he was part of the Portlandia TV series and the Grimm TV series. You're going to notice uh, as I'm talking about this, Grimm comes up a lot. Um, many of the people involved with this film were also involved with the TV, the TV series Grimm. So, uh, he was another one, Monica Graves, who is Layla. Layla is, uh, 
uh, Herman's like neighbor that she has a crush on him, but he's kind of not reciprocating. Uh, anyways, uh, she plays uh, Monica Graves plays Layla, and again was part of Portlandia, and she was a production assistant on the TV series Grimm. The other name that I I wrote down is Mary McDonald Lewis. Uh, she plays Herman's mother, but the reason why I wrote her down because the, Herman's mother doesn't really have a huge role in the film, but it's her credits that caught my attention. She was the voice of Lady J for the GI Joe series in the in the nineteen eighties, and that includes GI Joe the movie. G.I. Joe Arise, Serpenter Arise, and the TV series that ran from 1985 to 1986. She also voiced Wonder Woman in the Superman TV series of 1988, and she was Maven in three episodes of Batman the Animated Series, and also acted in six episodes of Grimm, as well as she was a dialect coach for all 123 episodes of the series. So... It was the fact that she was Lady J, Wonder Woman, and Maven that caught my attention. I was like, wow, and I grew up watching like all three of those. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, but that's pretty much it for cast. We're, uh, it, it's, it's time to move on to the, the <laughs> synopsis. Um, I almost said synopsis, and I have no fucking clue why. Um, and I'm not drunk. You know, speaking of that, last week's episode, Ghost in the, or last episode, I should say, because it was two weeks ago, for Ghost in the Shell, for those of you who listen, first off, thank you very much. I appreciate the support and people listening and whatnot. But I also feel that I need to clarify something. I was not drunk for that episode, even though I probably seemed like it. Um, <laughs> because that episode, I was all over the fucking place. And I was not drunk. That's the really sad thing because I kind of wish I had been drunk, um, which might be the way I start recording these things. I might actually get drunk to do it, but I don't know. Um, I like being sober because it's, I don't know. I don't like being sober. Why would I say that? Anyways, synopsis. Herman, a failed sculptor, is about to kill himself when he finds a strange talking hole in the wall. Yes, I said that. A talking hole in the wall. The creature in the hole, the voice of Ion Flux, Denise Poirier, I apologize if I'm butchering that name, has the power to fulfill his wildest dreams, but things go horribly wrong, and when the killing starts, Herman is thrust into the worst nightmare of his life. Deep Dark is a twisted tale warning you to be careful what you wish for, because it just might get you. Um, Okay, so the tagline for this movie was this is no glory hole but right uh <laughs> so i got a good laugh because when i was doing my research on this i saw people were actually calling this glory hole horror um that's the classification they were calling it horror i don't know um it's something i don't know if horror is the right classification for this movie um first off it's a slow burning film um it is uh it's it's a movie that you have to be in the mood for uh it's the the storytelling is slow but it's i i think it's slow for a reason i actually think they're trying to to make sure that everything that they want you to catch sticks, if you know what I'm talking about. Like, um, it's apparent it, 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 this movie has to be, it has to be taking its shots at the whole pretentious world of art dealing and art galleries and, you know, failed, uh, artists versus successful artists and whatnot. It, it this is definitely a black comedy. Um, I, w- I wouldn't say that I... Well, I, yeah, I did actually laugh quite a bit because some of the shit was just like, what the fuck? Um, <laughs> the movie reminded me... I, I was trying to think of how to describe this, and this is basically how I, I approach this film. It reminds me a bit of The Driller Killer from 1979. 
but obviously without the drill. Unless you include the fact that Herman uses his quote-unquote drill bit to enter the hole. Yes. This is that kind of a thing. Spoilers, by the way. Um, figure I should mention that. But yes. He fucks the hole. Uh, I, I, I'm not going to... Weird as fucking shit. Um, and here's the thing. Like, his neighbor, Layla, she has, like, an odd cuteness to her. The art dealer that he's he's trying to impress and, and, and work for and whatnot, Devora, she's not bad on the eyes. But, yes, let's stick our pee-pee in a hole in the wall. Uh, <laughs> seriously. Um, and I'm watching this thinking to myself, why, what is it with my gender that they always got to stick their dicks in holes that they shouldn't? Um, loaded question I know but in the context of this film I think you get my drift I think you get what I'm trying to say here um I don't why what's with I'm sorry myself personally if I see a hole in a wall the last thing I'm thinking is gee will my dick fit in there like I don't get it (laughs) But, of course, this, and not to mention, like, okay, like, if you see this film, like, the hole in the wall, like, it's, there's, like, jagged pieces and shit like that, and I don't know, like, he kisses the hole, he, like, fingers it, and what, it's like, what the fuck? Um, there's not much gore in the movie, but there is a really cool intestine scene, I will say that. Um, uh, the acting in the film... Uh, it's about as amazing as pretentious artwork gets. Um, I'm not gonna lie that the art, the 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 acting in this film is not that good. Um, some of it is okay, but I don't know. Uh, in my opinion, it's kind of like take it or leave it. It's it's just it's not the best part of the film. The best part of the film, I okay, the atmosphere, the environment, um, I thought that was kind of well done. I mean, like, the apartment that Herman is living in is very run down. It's very shoddy. Uh, it's supposed to be that he's going there, you know, for two weeks to, you know, to get some solitude away from the world so that he can create, you know, his artwork, these mobiles that <laughs> really, um, <laughs> like, that. even that, like, his mobiles are, like, fucked up it's like that's not again it's like i said it's taking shots at pretentious art um but that that part was pretty cool uh like i said the intestine scene is really cool um the hole in the wall itself like the you know the the voice uh of of the like the the woman uh it's not even a woman like that's the thing you never actually know what's in that hole um, it's weird, uh, but it has, uh, it forms other holes in the apartment so it can watch Herman at all times and stuff. It's, it's really, this is kind of, it, it, as I'm, as I'm talking about this, like, it's kind of like a stalker movie. I think, like, I think that's probably the better way to describe this movie. Um, it's not this film is not like your 80s kind of horror that's for sure like there's no boobs there's no nudity at all like even when he like fucks the hole <laughs> um there's no nudity um there's more nudity in wolf cop and that you got to see like i was watching wolf cop last night and i know this is a side note but i'm watching wolf cop last night and i, I kind of give them credit for having that the werewolf when 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 the cop is turning into the wolf like the first thing to turn werewolf is his dick. And I was like, again, what's with the movies lately with the dicks? But anyways, uh, that's an, that's another movie, another discussion for another time. Um, but yeah, like the art that Herman makes in this movie, like the, like, and it's mobiles. Like, it's not like he's a painter or anything like that. Like it's these weird fucking mobiles and they're weird as shit. But for some reason, they make people want to fuck their brains out. Like, even, like, at one point, like, he sells one piece for, like, $5,000, and Devorah's like, or, no, he asked Devorah, he's like, well, who 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 bought it? And she's like, oh, that couple over there. And, like, it's the dudes banging his girlfriend up the ass. And it's like, like, <laughs> it's like what the fuck am I watching? 
I mean, and yeah, like, and there's the whole, like, the whole, I was going to say the whole, whole, but no, there's the whole, like, this sexual sounding female voice that is like Herman's art partner and his booty partner, and it's a fucking hole in the wall, and it shits out like these pod-like things that like, you know, Herman, he peels like, it's got like a, a leaf casing over it and he, he peels the leaf casing and it reveals something that lo- looks like, I don't know, like a, 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 sea, a seashell shaped bar of soap or something. It's like, it's fucking weird. Like original as fuck. Like I've, I can honestly say like, I, I don't think I've ever seen a movie like this before. I'm sure there probably is somewhere out there. A, a movie like this or similar to or whatnot. But I mean, I can honestly say like I've, it, for me at 43 years old, it's the first time I've seen something like this. And I was like, it, this movie is just fucking weird. It's what the fuck? <laughs> like, I'm not kidding when I say this. Um, but I, it's not, it's not a horror film. I, at least I don't consider it a horror film. I, I myself personally, I'd probably list it as like fantasy. Um, obviously, like I said earlier, there's there's some weird statement here about art galleries, artists, dealers. I think, I, at least that's the movie is clever. It's intriguing. But it can be boring. I'm not going to lie on that. Uh, it took me watching it twice to fully get through it because the first time I watched it, I kind of fell asleep halfway through it. it you have to be prepared for what you're in for. If 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 you are not ready to watch a movie that is going to very slowly tick away at its storyline and possibly put you to sleep. Like you won't get through it. Um, IMDB gives it a five out of 10 because of its bizarre nature and absurdity at times. Like I kind of agree with that. I think I would have to say it's a five out of 10 for me as well. Like it's not the worst thing I've ever seen. It's not, it's not that it's a horror film or a bad film. I should say, well, it's neither. It's just, it definitely a, a film festival kind of movie, definitely. Like, this is definitely something you would see at, like, the Cannes Festival or something like that. Like, it's one of those movies where, like, you know, I'm sure someone at, like, you know, the fucking Academy would be like, oh, this movie's fucking amazing. Like, because, like, they like that weird shit and whatnot. Uh, it's really a movie, though, that you have to be in, in it, you have to be in the mood to watch it. Um, I, it, like I said, like, um, like Ann Source, the the woman who plays Devora Klein, she's kind of cute. I'm not gonna lie, she she's not like super gorgeous or anything like that, but she you know she's kind of cute. Uh, her character is kind of bland and kind of you, you get it. Like that's the thing with most of the characters, minus Sean McGrath's character of Herman Haig. A lot of the characters in this are just kind of. Eh, they're there. I mean, the the whole point of this movie is to make the whole look good, right? Like, <laughs> that's the focus of it. And I don't know what else to really say about this movie other than, like, seriously, I think of all the movies I've reviewed on this podcast so far, this probably was the one where I was like, what the fuck the most for? <laughs> like, uh, but that's, honestly, that's about it. There's really not much else I can say about it. It's if anything, watch it for yourself. Like I said, it's it's very easy to find, and it can be watched for free. Um, I probably would do that first before investing in buying it. If I mean, there's some of you that possibly might you know find this to be an awesome movie and be like, hey, I definitely need to add this to my collection. I won't be one of those kinds of people. As much as I like trashy B movies and shit. This was not, it's not something I would catch myself watching over and over again. So kind of like eh, five out of 10 sounds about right. It's not the worst thing, but it's the, clearly not the best thing I've ever watched. Um, so on that note, thank you for listening. Uh, thank you for tuning in this week. Thank you for always tuning in. There are some of you that like 
are listening like every week and you know talking to me about it and whatnot and that means a lot to me thank you so much because i know like this 2019 has not been a good year for me and trying to keep up on the podcast has been a struggle um so i mean even last week i was going to record this episode last weekend but what with having shock stock and avengers and the part that i didn't mention was on the friday before the weekend um i brought home wally's ashes in his urn and that as much as everything else the week in the weekend was like really awesome and whatnot it, it really kind of made it hard for me to sit down in front of a microphone and talk um dealing with wally's uh like passing has proven to be quite the challenge um so instead of giving a half-assed effort which is kind of what i felt ghost in the shell was even though it, it apparently came off as pretty funny because i was just all over the fucking place but i wanted to do this right um i, I want to try and get back on track and whatnot and a lot of you have stuck around through my ups and downs this year and you know the the break periods in between episodes and whatnot so honestly from like you know from the bottom of my black and dead heart <laughs> thank you so much for sticking around and thank you for listening uh let's do the whole plugging of where you can find the podcast and i will announce next week's episode and then it's sayonara bitches uh so the next level network.com slash podcast zero is the actual home that houses all the episodes uh, the Next Level Network can be found on Facebook. It can be found uh, at nextlevelnetwork.com. Uh, I believe they've got a Twitter account. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I. It's funny. I have a Twitter account. I hardly use the goddamn thing. Um, I never was a Twitter fan. I don't know. I, Facebook, Instagram, I like those two. Um, Twitter, no. I Honestly, I was... The other day I was joking, I forget who I was talking to, I was joking around saying I was going to create a MySpace just for this podcast, just to be a fucktard, but um, yeah. You can also find the podcast at whatlurksbehindpodcastzero.com, uh, that is kind of like the the, um, the sister account to the nextlevelnetwork.com, that I, I deal with that one. Again, uh, coming in the, in the next couple weeks, I, I do want to start doing more writing for the podcast as well, as opposed to just recording and releasing. So you may start to see some articles popping up on there as well. Uh, the social medias, facebook.com slash whatlurksbehindpodcastzero. Instagram, you can find the podcast at whatlurksbehindpodcastzero. On Twitter, that thing that I just don't care for, but it's there. Uh, WLB podcast underscore zero. You can stream, download, live the podcast if you choose through iTunes, Google, and Spotify. And that is just about that. Um, and not to mention, you know, if you if you frequent the nextlevelnetwork.com, uh, you know, podcast zero page, uh, check out some of the other podcasts as well, uh, especially like like the two that I frequent a lot. And don't get me wrong, there's a lot of good ones. There's panels, uh, what is it, panels to pixels. Uh, this week we're talking about uh, Two Fat Dudes. Two Fat Dudes, is a, that's a good one, um, especially if you like the whole comic book nerd uh, culture and whatnot. DC Primetime is a weekly podcast. Uh, ben and Rob do it every week. I listen to it usually every week there's been the odd week i've kind of slipped just because of you know like i said 2019 has been like the kick in the nuts for me so, so there's the odd time i miss an episode but for the most part they're weekly and it's a it's a great podcast to listen to and caffeine crew always they're really good at doing the nostalgia thing they talk about a lot of things that we grew up with as kids and whatnot and so it, that's uh, that, seriously there's like I think the network is now up to at least a dozen podcasts, if not more. So feel free to check them out. And on that note, now I'm going to announce the next episode. It's one that is probably going to get me some or like, you know, spur up some conversation. Possibly I'll end up with a few enemies when I'm done 
but fuck it. I'm doing it because, as I said earlier this year, I got to stop doing movies I always love, uh, <laughs> which is kind of why I've enjoyed doing the listener request because some of these movies are movies I don't love. Some of them I'm watching for the first time and whatnot. So it's been it's made things a little bit uh, like, I don't know, inspiring. But this next episode, uh, I'm not going to review it now, obviously. It'll be the next episode, but it's going to hit some sour notes. I know that right now. That said, I'm still going to do it because as much as this movie... Well, <sighs> let's just do it this way. Next episode is The Blair Witch Project from 1999. Not a movie I originally intended on reviewing when I started this podcast a year and a half ago. But I'm going to do it. Because I'm going to have fun with this movie. So, that's your next episode. Again, thank you for listening this week. And keep lurking, guys. I'm going to go out this week with a song by the band called The Last Days of Jesus. Um, I only recently discovered them within the last, I'd say, maybe month. Uh, they're a goth rock band. Um, they've been around a while, but they're, they've grown on me. The first time I listened to them, I was like, eh, okay, they're not bad. But as I've listened to them more and more, they've actually really grown on me. So I'm going to share one of their songs to, to finish this thing out and... Next episode is going to be a whole new experience. (laughs) Let's put it that way. Anyways, thanks for tuning in. And now I'm going to leave you with the last days of Jesus. Wow, that sounds so weird coming out of my mouth, doesn't it? Um, But anyways, take it easy, guys. And next week, hopefully next week, like I said, I'm going to try and get back on a weekly thing. So next week, Blair Witch Project. Fuck my life. Bye now. Smile like a fool.